0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the One Mind Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Dix, and on this show, we explore the ancient art of meditation for the modern practitioner. I've been meditating for over 20 years and spent 15 of those years training intensively in a meditation ashram, and so it's really my pleasure and my privilege to share my knowledge and understanding with you. Today, I am super excited for you to meet my old friend, Catherine Miller. Catherine was an early mentor and guide for me. And as far as meditation is concerned, she's a real inspiration. Catherine has been an executive chef and a meditation and yoga teacher. These days, she's a holistic health coach for women. And in this episode, she takes us in depth into the important relationship between menopause and meditation. So I hope you enjoy the show. Let's jump in. Catherine, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on.
1: Thank you, Morgan. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. So, I'd love to start just with a general question if you can share with everyone a little bit about your own story. How How did you Of course, I know this because you and I have a long history, but how did you what's your history with meditation, but then also how does that intersect with the work that you're doing specifically with menopause and and this big beautiful event you're putting on right now
1: that would be fantastic i'd love to love to share that with you yeah so i'm a i'm a holistic health coach which means i i work with people on how to optimize their health and i use a lot of different tools for that i use nutrition exercise um meditation Breath work, yoga—you know, whatever, whatever I can pull on from my experience.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I especially work with menopausal women, and and I also have a, a long background meditation. My 30s and 40s, I spent literally thousands of hours meditating in a, yeah. a kind of a spiritual context that was very much focused on really the kind of purest meditation, I guess you could say, about emptiness or or fullness. You know, it it was really not about stress relief or doing any of those kinds of things that I do now, you know. But um, it gave me a lot of experience in meditation. When I was 48, I went into perimenopause, which means that's when I really started to notice a change, a hormonal change. Um, Before then, I hadn't really experienced so much. I'm sure it was happening before then, but I started to, at 48, I'm 57 now, just to give a scale. And I and, and literally two years from that moment on, I I, I hit a wall and mm. I was completely burnt out. I was emotionally, mentally, physically. I had been working as a chef for fourteen years and also doing all this teaching meditation and yoga and you know working all the time. And I was just a, a basket case. And I ended up quitting my job and becoming a health coach. Mm. But the big question for me was, how was I doing so many things right? And yet I got so burnt out Yeah, because I was meditating, you know, a couple hours a day. So, I was you, you eating know, the best food. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, when I first met you, like when I joined the community, I guess or whatever, like 99 or, or 97, whatever, sometime mm-hmm. in there, I have these vivid memories like you were doing every day you were mm-hmm. doing on this retreat where you would do this long extended meditation practice in the morning on top of like the normal meditations. And then, right. Right. So I remember you were getting in like every day for a long time.
1: Yeah, for two years straight, I got up at three thirty in the morning. I hit the prostration board at four, and then I went through several hours of practice with breaks, you know, in between. And then I went got to work at ten thirty, and then I just worked straight through yeah till the evening, and then I get up and do it again the next day. And sometimes I was doing that during. Retreats when I was cooking for two hundred people, you know. So,
0: (laughs) you—I thought you're like made of steel. Well, Well, apparently not. Actually,
1: (laughs) yeah. Actually, that's the idea. You do feel invincible when you meditate. You can get a lot of energy and stamina and strength. And the interesting thing that I learned about meditation, though, there's a lot of different ways to meditate and meditation can be helpful in a lot of different ways and there's no one way like at that time when i was meditating i was very snooty about it and i was like oh yeah you know oh this is the only way to meditate yeah. you know <laughs> people who are out there in meditation circles will notice that most people will tend to go through this stage while yeah. they're meditating so i've really gotten far beyond that at this point and now, for the, for myself and for the women that I work with, I use meditation to create space mm. and to listen more deeply to whatever needs to be listened to. Sometimes I need to really listen to my body and pay attention to my body. Sometimes I need to be deeply aware of the kind of pleasure that my body and mind or emotions is looking for. When I say pleasure, I'm not just talking about superficial you know, Zeta pine ice cream kind of pleasure. Because yeah, there is yeah. kind of pleasure in that. What we often just glance over or ignore is this need for deep, deep spiritual nourishment. Mm. And that comes in different ways. It can come from preparing a beautiful meal. And I know this as a chef, you can get deep spiritual nourishment from that. Uh, it can come from a walk in nature. It can come from listening to the most divine music, Mm. you know, what that is for you, or or looking at art, or spending time being really present with another person that you love deeply. There's all these ways that these are real nourishment. They're just as real as sitting down and and eating a good meal. Yeah. And this is what I find. We're out of touch with that. Hmm as a culture we're out of touch we think of nourishment in very superficial ways like and so what we end up doing is you know we end up overeating because we're hungry for something we don't know what it is so we eat you know we're craving something so we we eat and eating is like the easiest way the food is just so plentiful around us that the first thing we turn to is is food it's just the quick fix but it's not Really, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, we're not actually really hungry. 90% of the time, we're really craving some depth of experience that we can't put our finger on it because we've gotten so far removed from that way of relating to the world.
0: That's awesome. So
1: that's what I've learned. Yeah. You know, that meditation is good for, it's good for stopping and creating space so you can start to listen more deeply.
0: Mm. And and that relates to where I interrupted your story because you, you had hit this wall, this oh, right. breakdown, yeah. and you were going through some of the different like aspects of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I um, I hadn't really, like you said, I, <laughs> I wasn't actually getting a whole lot of sleep for like 14 years. I was <laughs> living on like four to six hours of yeah. sleep a night. And one of the first things I've seen in women that come to me that are burnt out is they're just not resting enough you know they're not getting that deep sleep and they they just don't question that because that's what everybody does and in order to get ahead in the world especially if you're working in the corporate world or you're an entrepreneur that wants to be successful the idea is the more hours you work the more successful you're going to be and i really felt part of my story was like well i'm meditating i'm eating well you know i'm doing all the spiritual work of course you know in the culture of that place as well was sort of like, you know, the less sleep you were able to get by on them, the better you were, the more highly enlightened or whatever, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and just to pause one second, everyone to give you just a little bit of context when Catherine refers to that place, she and I were part of, for lack of a better word, you call it like a spiritual ashram for, Mm -hmm. you know, I was there for about 14 years and so was she, and our time overlapped probably for almost a decade Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, our teacher had a penchant for pushing wild extremes and that's put it mildly, but this, this (laughs) was one of those expressions, kind of what you're talking about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, please go on.
1: So, you know, here I was hitting perimenopause right when, um, hormones start to go completely, uh, well, you start to feel that the hormones are changing, their balance and their ratios to each other. And stress exponentially exaggerates the effects of those things. So when you're under stress, which includes not getting enough sleep, you know, working endless hours, being under emotional stress, those kinds of things. And you're on top of perimenopause, which is already quite a sensitive time for women. Usually you end up with, um, and amazing, extreme um, effects. And so, like, I was having mm. anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Um, I was crying uncontrollably at a drop of a hat. You know, like wow. literally, you know, I, I would, so, you know, suddenly just be be in these sobbing, and I wouldn't even know why. I could not take any, you know, like I just avoided all forms of confrontation or, you know, I just was done with a lot of the things that I had been able to do very easily up before that, you know, meeting with people, doing all those kinds of things. I avoided them like the plague. I hardly even talked to people because I just just couldn't handle even the intensity of trying to figure things out. Mm. So I basically went about my work in as simple a way as I could. And avoided all these other things and I but what I did start to do is start listening I went away took some time off and I realized you know what I've been doing these things but I actually haven't been listening I haven't been paying attention to what I need I've been actually denying what I need I'm exhausted and I need to stop Mm. and so I just allowed that to be the truth at that point, what a lot of women are afraid of at that point is that they're going to be looked at as weak
2: Hmm.
1: and they're going to be looked at as failures, you know, that they're not able to keep up, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, that's, those are big fears and those do need to be addressed because that is what often happens in the workplace as well. In the end, you're not doing yourself any favor by overriding those things and they will turn into worse things if you don't give yourself what you need right that's that's my big advice (laughs) it's like (sighs) please pay attention and if you're experiencing any of this it's because your body's going knock 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 uh wake up there's something you're ignoring here and you if you ignore it it's at your peril right so luckily for me i somehow found the courage to just say okay i'm done i Mm. i I completely switched my career. I had already been giving so much health advice to people as a whole foods, vegetarian, vegan chef. So I'd been doing that constantly for 14 years. And I thought, well, why don't I do that as a profession? Right. So I got certified. And then I started to apply everything that I had learned, both positive and negative, use that to help the women that were coming to me. And at first I wasn't really focusing on menopause, but it just turned out that the women who were most desperate and most ready to ask for help were women that had been in a similar situ- situation as myself mm. burn out and suddenly their body starts behaving in all these really strange ways and they don't know how to get it back under control and so they're desperate
0: w- yeah. one question i have and and let's just i want to come back to this point on the narrative line here but mm-hmm. did you No, when all this was happening how conscious were you of the fact that the perimenopause and the menopause were actually impacting you in this way like you said that there was a certain point you started to listen Mm -hmm. and were were you connecting the dots at that point
1: no I mean I I sort of was I mean I had names for things but I really I mean I really didn't I really didn't get it you know it 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 took me a while of working in a general way, as a health coach to to kind of put two and two together. And really, in hindsight, a lot of the story, even that I'm able to tell now mm. at the time, I could never have worded this this way. I was very instinctively um making choices and decisions without really having the kind of consciousness that I'm expressing right now. Um, mm. it was It was survival. I really had to figure out how to be happy again. Yeah. You know, it's like the the joy had kind of gone out of my life. And I thought, well, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know, this is not a good long term plan to, to keep trying to function in this way, when it literally is is just not working on any level. Yeah. And but see a lot of people talk about being made of steel. A lot of women will function in that situation for many, many years past that point that I stopped because they don't know what else to do. And that's where it can get really, really dicey. And mm. so I, I feel for those women because I understand it. I understand why they do that. But if anybody's listening now that's in that situation, I would encourage you to to really, you know, make some changes.
0: Yeah. And so you started to do this, this kind of consulting or coaching mm-hmm. and you said the women that were coming to you were actually women who seemed to be in a similar position to you, mm-hmm. experiencing some of the same things. So like from that point, like, yeah, how, how did that evolve?
1: Yeah. So I have some colleagues that work in Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine And I started doing some workshops with them. We did them together for women. And some of the things that they said resonated with me very profoundly. The perspectives that I learned
2: Mm.
1: from traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda is that there are different seasons to our lives. When women enter into their 40s and 50s and beyond, this is a season that's often called like fall or winter.
2: Mm.
1: But only because, not because you're aging or going downhill or anything like that, which is often, it's a mistake. Those words are often used and they're really not correct. It's because we're it's an interior time. So just like when you enter into a fall season, you see the, the, the light is starting to go away and you start to feel more like you're entering into slight hibernation. Yeah. That's the kind of feeling. It's a feeling of going inside and being more aware of an interior world than the exterior world. right? And that that's every season has its um, components that help to nurture us and nourish us at that time in our lives. Mm. And so for women in particular, and it's, this is true for men too, but for women, especially they've spent their whole lives taking care of other people, focusing on others needs. If they're, Working and career oriented, they've been go, 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 you know, really trying to establish themselves and to be out there in the world, engaged in the world, often doing in a way that because things haven't changed that much, we're still mostly working in a man's world in the way that men work. There's, We still haven't completely learned how to create a situation in the workplace where working more inclusively and in the ways that women tend to work is accepted you know right so women not only are just doing a lot of work but they're also working in the way that men do more which is is very different for their nervous systems in general
2: yes
0: right
1: and it doesn't mean women can't work as hard obviously or do the same jobs it just means that they're trying to do them in a way that's putting more stress on themselves Mm. in the way that they would naturally work so Mm. so you hit menopause and what's demanded at this time is that you go inside that you that you start to explore this interior world that you and, and take what, time for yourself
0: one second and when you say yeah. demanded you're just talking mm-hmm. from the like the ayurvedic or the chinese medicine yes. perspective okay yes okay. what's
1: demanded and even you like if you listen closely what's demanded if you you feel like eventually if you really start to listen to yourself you'll feel that there Are demands being made on you about what's your, what's your body, what's your nervous system, what's your mental, emotional body, you know, what it needs. There's a demand that it, and it won't feel bad. It'll Mm. feel like, you know, it's, it's like a little kid saying, Hey, I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an honest, innocent demand. It's, it's like, I need this. And you'll start to hear those demands very clearly. The issue with, with women in our culture in the West is that there is this outward focus. And so it can be very hard to, to try and shift gears when nothing around you is really supportive of that. Yeah. Because it, it really is a shift.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, nothing around you. And then also, I guess, a lifetime of momentum in mm. that outward direction as well.
1: Exactly. you hit the nail on the head. We've just not been trained how to go into, so when we did all that meditation together, we were trained very specific ways how to let go of our external world and our ex- the external demands on us, so that we could sit quietly and allow ourselves to be in a mm. space that's entirely different. We aren't taught that, generally speaking, that's not taught in school. Right. That's not taught by our parents, we don't see it on TV <laughs> you know yeah it's it's just not something that we have access to and 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 it also a lot of people are, are really afraid of meditation. Um, mm. I've met some people who have actually been afraid to do coaching with me because I met I mentioned meditation and they'll say, well, I'm Christian and I'm like, oh, that's great you know <laughs> it's really not it's really not I'm not going to try and teach you some spiritual Dimension of life that's going to be contradictory to whatever your faith is, yeah. But that's a lot of the ideas people will have about meditation: is it's Buddhist or it's Hindu or it's about this or it's about that. And it's really a, for me, on its simplest form, it's a way to access a different dimension of our experience as human beings. Yeah,
0: that is a very. I mean, I guess like anything, if it's foreign, it, it's easy to objectify it, not relate to it as, as I, I think you and I probably agree, it's almost more like breathing or walking Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to use your vocabulary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's training for your attention. It's Mm -hmm. refining. It's a practice that helps you refine your awareness and refine your attention. And like you said, we learn how to develop the mind and we learn Mm -hmm. how to develop cognition and, you know, work with ideas. And that's like marvelous. But then what you're talking about, I feel like it's just an interesting point. It's not really, it's, it's kind of a digression, but it is interesting. And other mm-hmm. people on this podcast have bought this up. It's like, that's part of my goal with this podcast is to demystify meditation mm. as much as possible. To, so people understand, no, if you, we all have awareness, we all have attention. Yeah. And it's the most natural thing in the world to yeah. cultivate that it's, it's got all these different properties and dimensions the whole canvas of your whole life experience, it all occurs on the, you know, on the screen of your, of your awareness, through awareness, through, through perspective. So anyways. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love it. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So what happened with her?
1: So, um, oh, with the woman. That was, who the cr- was yes.
0: Like- or, or you said just generally, it sometimes freaks people out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I can tell you, I can give you a, a kind of a, a more of an example of of somebody or the type, like a a, a kind of a general conglomeration of a few different clients that yeah. I work with, and, so and, that you but, can get an idea. Yeah,
0: and I just want to say, I really it's very helpful to hear what you were saying, like to to kind of contextualize this the seasonal dimension. Mm-hmm. It helps me, uh, obviously. I think just as a man who hasn't thought about this very much, obviously. And, you know, but it it helps create a context because, of of course, as a human being, I can relate to that idea of seasons in a lifetime. I can imagine for men as well as for women, obviously not in similar, the same extremes, but hormonally and then intellectually and then in terms of our ambitions, all of these things, like, you can tell, like, there's different seasons, in yeah. our lives. We progress through deep rhythms, more shallow rhythms, but also deeper rhythms in our life yeah. that makes exactly. sense to me. You know, we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. tied to the elements. We're tied, we're tied to the earth going around the sun. You know, all these things exert real influences on us.
1: Exactly. And this isn't the last season, uh, you know, this yeah. is, you know, like I said, we're headed into winter, which can be scary because people The other part of menopause, which is frightening, is aging and feeling that your body is starting to break down Mm. uh, for some people, you know, and that can be reversed for one thing. And for another thing, there is a spring after this, Yeah, you know, a lot of women like Jane Fonda and different people have talked about the third act, and this is an uprising again of energy. Mm. I find women in their 40s, 50s, you know, entering into 60, that there's a huge freedom from estrogen levels going down and there's been research done which we don't have time to go into here but where that shows that estrogen tends to have a kind of inhibiting inhibiting effect mm. on confidence so you'll often find that why do sudden women are just like they couldn't care less don't you know i don't care what you think suddenly you're like oh wow, i used to be so worried about what everyone thought now i don't care mm. a lot of this can be tied to the fact that, one, we have a lot of life wisdom, and we just can't be bothered and wait to waste time on worrying about all this stuff again.
2: <laughs> yeah, but
1: some of it is actually related to lower estrogen levels. The problem is is when you start to get stressed out, then your testosterone levels also go down and some of these other hormones which kick in and help take up the slack,
0: just so I understand, is it that higher estrogen levels then is it that they create a level of sensitivity and hyper awareness around what other people think or there it's part of the chemical composition that actually makes us care a lot about what people think is that like how it creates that inhibiting effect
1: um that's still i think there's still a lot of research that needs to be done on this but there was for people who are interested there was an article on the atlantic like at least a year ago i think and it's i think it was called the confidence gap and Mm. there was a couple paragraphs at the end of that, which talked about, you know, they have done a lot of different research. Okay. Why are women so different? Why do they behave so differently? Why do men behave so differently? Why do men think they can do anything well when actually they don't know what the hell they're talking about? Right. Right. Yeah.
0: They're just full of (laughs) like hot air.
1: Yeah, exactly. But they, but also they're willing to take those risks and do things differently in a way that women are often feel they need to be perfect at everything. There's lots of different reasons for this. But one of the things that they talked about was the difference between testosterone and estrogen mm. and those effects on how we are male or female, you know, and these are generalizations, you know, there's going to be differences across large groups of people. But in general, though, what I've seen with all the women that I've worked with is we all notice that when, as our estrogen levels start to go down, we start, our confidence goes up.
0: Wow.
2: Wow.
1: And it's it's pretty remarkable. And I, I literally, I haven't found one woman. Well, I have only found one woman, and it was just because she already had a lot of confidence, <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: good. and had always had a lot of confidence in her whole life. So that could be possible too. But for those women who had felt a lack of confidence, they just noticed a big ch- shift. Mm. So these are the kinds of things we're dealing with, you know, as we go through perimenopause. And the way that meditation helps is it can bring awareness and consciousness, like you were talking about to what's needed what your system you know that whole system needs at this mm. point in time and in general we need to be find more of this inward time explore more of the inner terrain that we've been ignoring because we've been so outward focused yeah so meditation is a perfect tool to do that and it can be learned over time it's it's a practice it's you can do it even for like five minutes and it has huge effects on your ability to handle stress, to manage stress, to, to make better choices for yourself, you know, to, to feel yourself invigorated on a new level.
0: That's powerful. And then if you have time, I know you were going to, you were, I, again, I interrupted you. You were about to tell us a story about a woman. I think that.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I work with, you know, women who are in the financial industry, who are in the manufacturing industry, to who are entrepreneurs, teachers, you know, mm-hmm. so with women who are highly engaged in the world around them, with the people around them. And a lot of times I find and I'm similar to this, you know, I, I tend to be I'm an introvert, but I'm constantly put having to put myself out there in ways that I'm very uncomfortable about. Mm. So this particular woman who actually is very like a lot of the other women that I've, that I've worked with, but she's a very good example, said to me, look, I am working all day long. And then I go out and have one or two events a night where I am just constantly talking to people. And I'm, my job demands that I'm available to people and that I'm taking a leadership role. And, you know, she's giving out advice. She's leading Groups of business people, you know, she's leading conferences, she's doing presentations, you know, she's really out there. And she said, look, I'm an introvert, and I don't know how to balance these energies in myself. So one of the things that we did is to help her set up a meditation practice that was focused in a way that was going to work for her. Mm. And she would get up in the morning and do that. And then she, after a couple of months of doing that, she, she increased it to 10 minutes nice and then there were different breathing exercises that i taught her and really the way i think of breathing is just a sneaky way to meditate yeah because as soon as you focus on your breath you're much more focused you're much more calm on this interior level so i taught her how to do some of these things on her desk or as she'd be walking between meetings even sitting in a meeting she could be doing some of these things when she wasn't talking it would automatically be lowering her cortisol stress hormone levels creating this kind of interior space. And so she was able to do the exact same schedule, you know, have the same responsibilities, but feel much more energized at the end of it and much more resilience. And this is what women, I find this word resilience is Mm. important because it's not like we want to slow down. We love our lives. You know, for the most part, most people really are like, I don't want to stop going out every night or or doing my work. I love my work. It's intense, but I love it. You know, I love traveling the world and, you know, (laughs) doing my manufacturing business in China. And, you know, I love, I love all this stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm going to help you be able to do it better and not get burned out. Yeah. So that's where a lot of the meditation exercises and breathing exercises come in is they, in spite of this incredible outward force of energy that's that's demanded of them in their work they're able to also build up their resilience and their interior resources so that they always have a stable place to go and retreat to if they need to in order to get sustenance
2: Mm.
0: that is awesome
1: yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And, and like in the inputs of time, you know, like I know because I've spent all those years meditating, you know, about yeah. a day, and you don't have to spend that amount of time. Literally, a few minutes a day in targeted ways at targeted times can really reverse some of the negative impacts of, of stress pretty quickly, mm. sometimes instantaneously. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Just mm-hmm. eat, like dropping your blood your your blood yeah. pressure and like yeah mm-hmm. slowing and your confidence. heart rate
1: yeah the confidence that comes from that that you have that you have um, access to that space for one thing and that it doesn't take a lot of work yeah and that it can have such a profound effect that you can still you don't have to give up yourself in a certain way yeah you don't give up your own me space in a, in a certain way in order to be effective
0: mm. and to
2: be there for others. Mm.
0: And you had also said, and this is still kind of on the physical side, but you, you, mm-hmm. you had said earlier how it, it really triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. So why is that good?
1: Yeah. So we have, people have heard of the fight or flight ex- response. So I notice, like if I, yeah, like if I if I even if I was sitting here and I went, oh, I forgot I forgot the appointment I was supposed to yeah. do. Oh my yeah. god, I've been on the phone with you too long. I forgot this. <laughs> you know I mean? So I'll, you know, I'll instantly oh, take that breath in, and yeah. it's a very short, shallow breath, high into the lungs. And what that does, I feel it right now. My whole face is starting to flush. What it does is it it instantly activates your adrenals, which sit over your kidneys, mm. and Instantly, you start to pump cortisol into your bloodstream, and what cortisol does, it gets your fighter, it kicks in that fight or flight mode. You're like, oh my god, I did something wrong. I I'm gonna get crap for this. You know, your whole fear thing comes in. Oh my god, I better call them right now. You know, and make yeah. say I'm sorry, and blah blah blah. Um it used to be that that would happen because you went around the corner and suddenly there was an elephant charging you or right <laughs> right you know somebody was about to attack you or or something like that now it happens you know because you're like oh my boss just walked by and gave me a dirty look yeah. and suddenly your cortisol levels will go through the roof you know all that needs to happen is that needs needs to happen half a dozen dozen times a day and you're suddenly always in fight or flight mode mm. that means your body never has a chance to relax right so we get stuck. We get stuck in that mode. We're constantly pumping cortisol into our bloodstream and we're in this constant shallow breathing, feeling of panic all the time, just below the, you know, the surface, like something wrong is mm-hmm. gonna happen. You know, that <laughs> That's kind of where we where we end up living. And over time, if you're doing this and lack of sleep can do it, eating too many carbs, too much sugar, too much alcohol, that can put us into that space. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the things we do to relieve ourselves of that space can actually make it worse. So what we really need to learn is how to manage that because our boss is going to go by and look, give us a dirty look. Yeah, we we are going to forget an appointment and go (gasps) like that. How do you talk yourself down out of that tree? You know, or how do you allow that? that look to come your way and know, okay, this is where I normally panic. Mm. But now instead I'm going to do this. I'm going to consciously do this particular breathing exercise. I'm going to breathe in and out through my nose. Yes. I'm going to self-regulate. And so what happens is magically, it's just doing something simple like breathing in and out through your nose, not even any special type of breathing will switch your fight or flight switch off. Mm. And it'll turn on your, it's called tend and befriend or rest and digest. Mm. And it's no less energetic. It doesn't mean you're going to have less energy or anything like that. It just means you're going to be energized in a different way. So for people who are interested, this is where your fight or flight mode, this is when you have to make quick decisions. You have to act fast. You have to like executive function. You don't have a lot of time to think. That's like your fight or flight mode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I mess that up every creative, time. Yeah, when you when you when you need to be creative, have the bigger picture, bring people together, communicate, innovate, collaborate all of these kinds of things, you don't want to be in fight or flight. What you want to be in is the tend and befriend, rest and digest. That's when, you know, after you've had a meal, for example, you don't want to be in fight or flight mode because all your, your, your blood is going away from your digestion and going into your extremities so you can run away, so you can do stuff. After you eat, you want to be in the rest and digest because that's when you're going to get all the nourishment from your meal. You're going to be energized by it. So these are some of the ways to look at these two different states. Mm, mm. They both are useful. They both have a purpose. But you only really want to be in the fight or flight mode on those rare occasions where you need to gather all your forces together and act very quickly for survival Yeah. or for uh, executive decisions, things like that.
0: Yes. Really awesome, Catherine. This has been great. Where can people learn? more about your work and, and also can you share with everyone just a little bit about what you're up to right now?
1: Yeah, sure. So I started, um, a company called embodied. It starts with an M
0: <laughs> and I'll link up to that in the show notes, everyone.
1: Okay, great. So, and that leads to my website, which, um, it, there's, you know, where people can find out more about my coaching mm-hmm. and there's coaching forms there. And, and I have, um, a, a whole foods cleanse that I, that I have people who would like to try something like that. And I do a couple times a year, I do a group online group detox. Um, and so there's blogs with lots of recipes Mm. and, you know, different, some of these ideas that I've written about there. So that's my, my website. And then, um, currently I have this project, which I was talking to you about before the, um, call it's called, uh, the menopause is a trip summit. Yeah. It's a tele-summit. <laughs> and I've gathered together some really wonderful people to speak about their particular exp- expertise in like, um, sexual health or, um, bone health or adrenal health, thyroid health. Some of these areas that are really problematic for, for women who are going through this stage of life. Mm. And I've had them speak to that issue Things things, like, um, also about relationships relationships change a lot during this time
2: mm.
1: pelvic health that just all kinds of things and perfectionism perfectionism is a, is a thing that really plagues women and limits them from really you know going for it yeah so I've tried to get a really wide diversity of people there's 20 speakers plus myself and I've interviewed them all and they're on this um, this summit and it's winding up you know, by the time people hear this podcast, it will be winding down, but the recording and everything of it will be available. So I can make sure that people have a link to that so that,
0: and, and, and yeah. are there guest appearances by the canines too?
1: The canines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried for the most part to keep their, to keep them, you know, they're awesome. The psychic background. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast awesome. is
0: not a podcast yeah. without it, it's real doggy energy.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have been in the background of some of my videos, I have to say. Yeah. Um, But
0: sorry. Yeah. So also people can still sign up for this, even though it's getting towards the end of it. People can if they can sign up and access these to something they can purchase.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's they can just look and see what who the speakers are, what the topics are you know, what the different free gifts are that each of the speakers are offering. These are all, you know, that they can look at all of those different things to see something they're interested in. Um, the other thing that I, that I just thought of is I do have a seven day map to hormonal happiness. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's something that people can sign up for. And I'll make sure that the link is that you have the link for that, but that's, um, embody.com slash map. And, uh, it's just a um, a little guidebook, and what I've done is set up uh, goals for each seven days, and there'll be a a kind of a beginner's goal, and then there's a more advanced goal because some people have some of the beginner goals down, mm-hmm. so then they can look and there's some advanced goals for each day, and then I send out recipes every day of the week of that same seven days, and so every day you kind of get a recipe and a reminder about what that day's goal is um, some tips on how to accomplish it. And there's even a printout where they can print out and check off, you know, the goals that they've achieved the week. It's kind of an overview if these are things that can be practiced over and over again until they become habits. And they do make a big difference in the kind of equilibrium and stability, you know, that, that women can experience in their energy, their moods, you know, their hormonal balance, um, if they, if they practice these.
0: Great. So. <laughs> so that's great. That's a lot. So we'll, we'll link up the seven days to hormonal happiness. We'll link up the summit. We'll link up your website and, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll also link up to that, the Atlantic article, the confidence gap. Yeah. And that's then, great. yeah. And then sneak peek everyone before Catherine and I started this interview, we were, uh, we were like brainstorming about, uh, we're potentially going to partner up in, Catherine's going to do a course potentially here uh, for the about meditation audience on Mm -hmm. menopause and meditation. And we're totally psyched about that.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, great.
0: I am too. So yeah, coming attractions. Great. Catherine, thank you so much. This was awesome.
1: Yeah, this is wonderful. I'm really, really happy I don't get to talk often about <laughs> the, the meditation connection yeah. to menopause. Yeah. And it's been really great to be able to focus on it and and really kind of get into the nitty gritty. So, yeah,
0: fantastic. All right. Thank you.
1: All right. Bye for now.
0: Bye. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Catherine. I encourage you to go check out her website over at embodied.com and also. Her menopause is a trip telesummit. summit You can find links for those over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast. And just to put my own plug in there, personally I've done a few of Catherine's cleanses and they are awesome. Catherine was the executive chef in the ashram we lived in for 15 years and I can't recommend her advice on cooking highly enough. She has taught me at least 50% of everything I know about healthy eating. If not 75, 80, 90%. Catherine's really, she's had a huge influence on my eating. So I encourage you to check that out. Also, if you haven't already, you can pick up some free guided meditations over at aboutmeditation.com and also a free three-part meditation seminar. So you can go check that out at aboutmeditation.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, if you're a regular fan of the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a review and a rating over on iTunes. You can do that at aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes. And really, that is the best way to help other meditators discover our show. And finally, let's end with a quote. It's Martin Luther King's birthday today. So this is from one of his very dear friends, Thich Han, And he says, keeping your body healthy is an expression of gratitude to the whole cosmos. The trees, the clouds, everything.